So about a week or so ago, I was going out to eat with a couple friends, and I was telling one of my friends that I was doing a sermon tonight on gratitude, on being thankful, developing an attitude of gratitude. And so one of my friends, he said, you know, every time I did a sermon on that, I would always refer to the book Robinson Crusoe. I got to tell you, it's been a really long time since I've read Robinson Crusoe, probably in high school. But then I started thinking about it, and so I wanted to kind of read a little bit more. And I think that perhaps Daniel Defoe, the author, gave us some good advice through his fictitious character of Robinson Crusoe. Because the first thing that Robinson Crusoe did, if you remember, when he found himself on a deserted island in complete despair was he made a list. On one of the side of the list, he wrote problems. And on the other side, he wrote blessings. And some of the things that he wrote was, he was cast on a desolate island, but he was still alive. He had not drowned just like all the other in the the ship's company had. He was divided from mankind and and from human society, but he was not starving. He had no clothes, but he was in a climate where he didn't need it. He was without any means of any type of defense, but he saw no wild beasts anywhere around that he saw on the coast of Africa. There was no one he could speak to, but God has sent his ship so close to the shore that he could get all the things that he needed to get that were necessary. So he concluded that there was not any condition in the world so miserable, but there was something negative or something positive to be thankful for. And I think it's easy for us to find ourselves on that island of despair. And I think that perhaps it's time that we all sit down and we take inventory of our blessings that we do have. Because I imagine if you're like me, sometimes there's a lot of us that are a lot long overdue for doing that. If we could all stand for the word of God, we're going to read out of Luke 17, 11 to 19. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem... He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for this night, and I thank you for us all gathering together and you giving us your word, Lord. 
And I just am thankful for everybody here, and I just pray for all of our needs that we have, Lord, and that we can continue to be thankful to you for all the blessings that we do have. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So as we get closer and closer to Thanksgiving, I don't know if you guys see this or not if you're on social media, but a lot of times I see people start posting things that they're grateful and thankful for. And so a lot of people write that they're thankful for their family and they're thankful for their jobs and they're thankful for their kids and their finances. And I think that all of this is great and we should be thankful for all of those things. But I also love to see when people are thankful to God for the awesome blessings that they've been given. Because God has given us so many great blessings, whether they be physical blessings spiritual blessings or material blessings. Romans 11.36 says, everything comes from the Lord. All things were made because of him and and will return to him. Praise the Lord forever. All things come from the Lord. So Paul is telling us that everything and all things come from God. All things exist by his power And all things are intended for his glory. And as we grow in our Christian faith and in our walk with God, we should see and others should see around us an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of thanksgiving to God for all that we have in our lives. And this attitude of thanksgiving and gratitude should be seen in every single thing that we do, no matter who's watching us. You see, when we become passionate followers of Christ and we have that true relationship with Jesus Christ, it will transform us into a joyful, positive, and grateful soul. I once heard someone say, that God lives in two places. He lives in heaven and in a humble, grateful heart. And I do believe that this is true because when we do have Jesus living inside of our heart, we live a thankful life of gratitude and thankfulness. And so as much as I like seeing people take time to post about everything that they're thankful for and everything that, they, that God has given to them that they're thankful for, a lot of times people only do it in November, because it's around Thanksgiving. But I think that we should do that all year round. I think that we should have an attitude of gratitude all year, especially when it comes to all the blessings that we have received from God. We should be happy about that. And so in Luke 17, we see that nine of the lepers that Jesus healed had an ungrateful heart. So despite them being healed, and they knew they were healed, of this horrible, horrible disease that they had of leprosy, nine of them did not think to come back and thank and praise Jesus for the healing that happened in their lives. But one thing that we also see in this, in this passage of Scripture is that there were ten men with leprosy who came crying out to Jesus, Jesus, Master, Have mercy on us. How powerful is that? 
How many times have you cried that out? Jesus, Master, have mercy on me. But when Jesus showed mercy and compassion on them, they fell short of that thankfulness that they should have had. And I think sometimes we do too. Just a quick backstory, as we know from the Old Testament, is that the lepers were very, very contagious. It was a horrible disease that they had. And they were the outcasts of society because no one, no one wanted to go near them because they didn't want to get leprosy. And so they couldn't be touched. They couldn't, and nobody could go near them. And so here we have 10 lepers. And as we see in the story, nine of them were Jews and one was a foreigner or a Samaritan. And normally they didn't get along, but because they all had leprosy, they all got along. But it was also so bad that the lepers had to walk down the road and yell, unclean, unclean, when anyone walked by them. And this is also why the lepers, we see, it says that they were kind of a little bit far from Jesus when they asked him to have mercy on them. Because that's what they had to do. They had to yell unclean and they couldn't go near anybody. And then if the leprosy that they had went into remission, what they had to do was they had to be checked out by the priest and made clean again. And the, only the priest could declare them clean. And so that's a little bit about why they did what they did and why they were together. And so tonight, I kind of want to focus on the one leper who came back to thank Jesus for the healing. And so as we read the story, there's one thing that I think that we should learn from this one leper who came back to Jesus after being healed is, don't forget to say thank you. We should always say thank you. We can and we should always thank the Lord for everything that we do. In Psalm 100, verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. So this psalm is telling us that we are to remember God's goodness and that he alone is worthy to be worshipped and given thanksgiving and praise. We can and we should also thank the Lord in every single part of our daily lives. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. We're, we're representatives of Jesus, and we should represent him at all times, wherever we go and whatever we say. And part of this is giving him thanks. I don't know about you, but when I was thinking about all this, I talk about how we always are, as parents, we always thank, tell our kids, make sure you say thank you to every time that somebody does something. And I remember growing up, my parents would always do that too. It's like I'd be so excited that somebody gave me something. I'd be like, Dad, Dad, look what I got. And he'd say, did you say thank you? And i always say Yes. <laughs> And I find myself doing that too. It's like, you know, one of the kids will come up and say, hey, so-and-so gave me this. And the first thing I say is, did you say thank you? You know, because we want our kids to 
be courteous to others and be grateful for the things that people give us. But we also have to teach our children that we have to always be thankful to God for all of our blessings that we have in our lives because we have a lot. And so Christy and I do the same thing with our kids. We always tell our children, make sure you say thank you. Make sure that you thank God. Because when we give thanks, it also benefits us. When we give thanks, it produces supernatural peace inside of us. I don't know about you, but when somebody gives me something, it makes me feel good, and, but it also makes me feel good to say thank you to them. And it also makes me feel good to say thank you to God. And there's a lot of times that I, I don't even think about it, and later on I'll say, oh, thank you, Lord, for giving me this or getting me through that situation that I was praying about. And in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything that we can understand. That's beautiful. We can experience God's peace, and that peace is better than anything that we can understand in our heads. Then it says, his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So giving thanks also helps us overcome life's struggles. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, it says, but thank God, right away, but thank God, he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. And when we give thanks, it also helps us grow in our faith. And it also helps us trust in God more. And when we look at 1 Peter 1.7, it says, These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Our faith is more precious than gold. And we're to give him honor and praise and thanksgiving. Another reason why we should be thankful is that we should be thankful for what Jesus has done for us. We read in Luke 17, 15, it says, One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God. I love that. I love it. He saw that he was healed, and the first thing he thought of was going back to Jesus and shouting, praise God, thank you. Because he asked for the healing, and he got it. This man knew that it was Jesus that healed him. And he came back and he praised God. I don't, I'm sure that he probably didn't just say, praise God. He probably 
with a loud, booming voice, praise God, and then he threw himself at Jesus' feet. And he thanked him. What an awesome picture of thankfulness. This is how we should be daily in our, think, in, our, in our thanking God for our salvation. We should be down at the feet of Jesus every day saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you've given to me. Thank you for my salvation. I love it. So the nine who did not come back to thank Jesus for their healing, they were Jewish, as I said. And being Jewish, they should have known to come back before going to the priest. I mean, this is what they've read about and learned about their whole life. That Jesus, that the promised Messiah was going to come. And so before going to the priest, they should have thanked Jesus and worshiped at his feet just as the uh, tenth leper did. But if you notice, like I said, the one was a foreigner and it was a Samaritan. And as we know that the Samaritans were despised by the Jews because the Jewish people of Galilee and Judea, they shunned the Samaritans. They looked at them as a mixed race who practiced an impure half-pagan religion. They weren't Jews like they were. And normally, a Jewish person would have nothing to do with a Samaritan. And like I said, the only reason why they were all together was because they all had leprosy. And so, at this time, the Jewish, Jewish people did not believe that a Samaritan was loved by God like they were. And they thought that they had heretical views but when Jesus healed all the lepers, even the Samaritan, what this shows me, and it should show us, is that God's grace is for everyone. God's grace is for everyone. Romans 4.16 says, So the promise is received by faith. It was given as a free gift. And we are all certain to receive it. Whether or not we live according to the law of Moses, if we have faith like Abraham's, for Abraham is the father of all who believe, we are saved by faith in Christ, trusting in him to forgive all of our sins. And we should be thankful for that. We should be thankful for that. We should be thankful for our salvation, for our faith, and we're saved by that faith in Christ. And we trust in him to forgive all of our sins. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. You see, this, these men, their healing doesn't, didn't depend on them coming back and saying thank you. They were already healed. Jesus already healed them anyways. So it's not like when they were healed and then the nine didn't come back, Jesus would say, okay, I'm taking that healing back. That's not the way it worked. The other nine would still have been, you know, been miraculously healed by Jesus. 
And so whether we acknowledge it or not, God does a lot of good things for everyone, no matter who they are. And we, as passionate followers of Christ, should always be the ones that thank God for all that he has done for us in the good times and in the bad times. So since we looked at the one leper, I think we should also look briefly at the nine lepers who did not come back. And so one thing that we see from this text is that they were not instantly healed. We see that they started walking because Jesus told them, go to the priest, and, and they were healed then. We don't know uh, when he told them to be examined by the priest. We don't know how long it took. It doesn't say how long it took for them to be healed. But the one thing we know is that they were all miraculously healed. And so when Jesus instructed them to go show themselves to the priest, they were still lepers. No physical uh, changes taking place in their lives. But they obeyed Jesus, and it was through that obedience that they were healed. And so when we read the Gospels and we see Jesus healing people, whether they were lepers, blind, lame, we see that Jesus always required faith on the part of those being healed. And so this is why many times we see Jesus say, do you believe I can heal you? Or he'll say, do you want to be healed? He wants them to have that faith in him that he can do that. And even here with these lepers, Jesus wanted them to demonstrate faith on their part before he healed them. And if we remember, Luke does specifically mention that the one leper who came back was a foreigner. And so we see that and we have to remember that in our heads. But we also see that Jesus was disappointed in the other nine. I don't know about you, but I don't want to disappoint Jesus. I don't want to disappoint him at all. And these other nine who were Jews didn't come back and they didn't praise God for their healing. And sometimes when I read this, I'm like, why wouldn't you go back and thank him? But we're like that too sometimes. We shouldn't be too hard on him. And then I start thinking, well, what are some of the reasons why the nine didn't come back to thank Jesus as that foreigner did? And so I found this. I don't know if everybody can see it, but it's kind of like a little cartoon of, of what somebody would have thought. So that we had the one saying thank you. And how many excuses do we have? This one says, sure, my leprosy is healed, but I'm still ugly. Another one says, what I really need is a new coat. How many times we, I, I'm so blessed with this, but I think I'd be even more blessed with that. Another one says, I could do without, I could do with a lift back to town. And then the other one says, now I've got the hiccups. <laughs> so we always have something to, gri uh, to gripe about, right? But then I started thinking, I'm like, well, maybe it's because they were Jews and they thought that since they were part of God's chosen people, that they were the ones that deserved to be healed. Whereas that Samaritan, he'd been told his whole life that he's not part of the chosen people and that they were no good. They were from the wrong side of the town. But do we get like that sometimes? Do we think because we are Christians, we automatically get God's blessings? And sometimes we look down at those who are not Christians 
And we kind of say, well, they don't deserve that. They don't deserve that blessing. Why does he have a better car than I do? I go to church. I'm a Christian. That's not how we think. Maybe they thought it was inconvenient for them to go back and give praise and thanksgiving to Jesus. Because you know what? When we think about it, we all have busy lives. And it never seems too convenient to be thankful. There never seems a convenient time to be thankful for what we have. Maybe they were too proud to come back and thank Jesus. Because as we know it, in our own lives, it does take a little bit of humility to express thanks and appreciation. Maybe since they were healed, they got too busy to go back and say thank you and praise to God for being healed. We just get too busy in our lives. We all have busy lives. But we have to be careful not to get so busy that we forget to spend time with God in prayer and in his word and thank him for all that he's done for us and all that he has given to us. We're not too busy for God. So there's many reasons why these men didn't come back to Jesus as the one leper did. But we can learn from this that God desires for us to express thankfulness to him for all that he does in our lives. He wants us to be thankful. He wants us to thank him. So now as we looked at the other nine and why they may not have came back to Jesus, if we go to Luke 17, 19, another thing that we see from this passage of Scripture is that Jesus said to the one leper who came back, he said to him, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Now he was already healed just like the other ones. So when he told him, stand up and go, your faith has healed you, he was healed not only physically at that time, but now when this man ran back to Jesus, and he fell at Jesus' feet in thanksgiving and praise, this man was made whole spiritually. And when we come to the feet of Jesus in worship and thanksgiving, we can also enjoy the spiritual healing that comes from gratefulness. Not only are we made clean just as the ten lepers, but we're also made whole and saved by Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. God has already done the work for us. It's up to us to receive in faith the salvation that God offers us. So I wrote a couple things down here for growth work. And so the first thing is, is that remember how much gratitude pleases God. We have to remember that. Because gratitude makes God happy. Second Chronicles 5, 13 and 14 says, They raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good. His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud 
and the priests could not perform their services because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. How awesome is that? God's presence came to the temple in response to the thanksgiving that was coming out of it. God loved to hear the praise from the, pe from the people in the temple. And so he drew near to them. And from this, we see that thanksgiving and praise are the key to be evidence of the presence of God. It pleases him. It's like a, I always love reading it. It's like a sweet aroma to him. I love it. The second thing is that we should avoid complaining at all costs. And every time I read that, and I even was reminded of this on Saturday as uh, I was talking to Pastor about it. And how many people have heard Pastor say, don't be a... <laughs> don't be a whiny hiney. That's what that means. Avoid complaining at all costs. <laughs> Make a personal choice to rejoice in the good times and in the bad times. I know it's hard to do. I struggle with this a lot. But complaining and grumbling are the biggest barriers to gratitude. And so when we start complaining and we start thinking about complaining, we need to kind of learn to catch ourselves and stop it right away and just pray about it. I think I said this in the last time I was up here. When I start worrying about things, and I think worrying about the sky is going to fall and I forget about thanking, Christy always says, pray about it. Just stop and pray about it. Maybe she should, she should tell me to stop being a whiny hiney about it and stop grumbling and complaining. Numbers 11.1 1 says that the Israelites complained about their hardships and when God heard it, his anger was aroused. I don't know about you, but I don't want God's anger to be aroused at me. I always want to please him. And so we need to avoid complaining at all costs because God does not like it. And it also ruins our spiritual lives. I mean, have you ever noticed, I don't know about you, but I notice when I start complaining and I start griping about stuff, I start feeling bad. I start feeling miserable. And I hate feeling like that. But in Psalm 77, 3, it says, I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. And it's true, we get that overwhelming feeling when we complain. But then Paul wrote in Philippians 2.14 to do everything without complaining and arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like the stars in the universe. So Paul's telling us, stop complaining. Don't complain. Do everything that we do without complaining, without arguing. The third thing is that we need to start developing a daily discipline of giving thanks. So in order to be thankful people, we need to start giving thanks daily. 
We need to discipline ourselves to find something each day that we can be thankful to God for. If you read in Daniel 6, we read that Daniel got down on his knees three times every day and prayed and gave thanks to his God. How many of us do that? Not many. I know I don't. And with technology, we can set our alarms for it and just, it starts becoming an everyday routine, just like our praying and our, and our Bible study. But we need to discipline ourselves to find something every day to be thankful for. And I think that sometimes we think in our heads that we're good if we give thanks once a day. I'm going to get up, I'm going to pray, I'm going to thank God for everything I had or have, and then maybe at night, thank God for everything that happened to me. And So I want to challenge you to begin a regular routine of finding something every single day to give thanks for. Let's start thinking about stuff that we have in our lives. No matter how small you think that blessing is, let's start searching out the positive in the midst of the negative and give thanks for what we have. I read a story of two old friends who met on the street. And one of them looked sad. He was almost at the verge of tears. And so his friend asked him, what has the world done to you, my friend? And the sad fellow said, well, three weeks ago, an uncle died and he left me $40,000. That's a lot of money, the guy said. Yes, but then two weeks ago, a cousin that I never knew, he left me $85,000 free and clear. And so this guy's other guy's jaw dropped and he said, wow, it sounds like you have been blessed. And the other guy's interrupting. He said, you don't understand. Last week, my great aunt passed away and I inherited almost $250,000. Now the one guy was really confused. And he said to him, okay, then why do you look so sad? And the other man turned around and said, this week I got nothing. Is that how we live our lives before a gracious and loving God who gave himself for us? Giving thanks reminds us of how much we do have, even when we don't see it. We tend to focus on what we do not have, and this is exactly why we need to start focusing on the blessings that we do have. Giving thanks to God keeps our hearts in a right relationship with him. And it stops us from all those emotions that rob us of the peace that God wants us to experience. And so I think that we should be like Robinson Crusoe. And I think that we should make our own lists daily. And every time that you write something negative or a problem, right next to it, write a blessing that came out of it or write a blessing that you have in your life. That way we're doing a problem and a blessing just like Robinson Crusoe did. And then when we look at it, 
we should not only thank God for the blessings that we have, but we should also thank God for the negative that brought you to that blessing. And so I'm going to wrap up with this. Um, at WMUZ, at the radio station, we're doing a half-hour special that's going to run for the Thanksgiving season here. And so one of our writer-producers came in, and she was telling me that a whole bunch of people, that she was getting everybody from the radio station to come in, and they were going to read a, a psalm, or they were going to read a story, a Bible story about thankfulness or Thanksgiving. And so she said to me, she said, Keith, will you please write and recite a prayer that's going to be for the end of the special? So if you want to stand with me, please, I would like to end with that prayer. Heavenly Father, as we prepare to gather with our family and friends this holiday season, I want to thank you for the many blessings that you've given us in our lives. Many of them that we have seen and even those that we have not seen. We thank you for your unconditional love. Thank you, Lord, for how you have blessed us beyond measure. We're so grateful for your unending grace and love. Sometimes our lives can get overwhelming and hard, and it's easy for us to become discouraged or frustrated. But we know that you are in control, and we choose to have a heart of thanksgiving and praise through everything. I pray that we continue to remember that we have a Savior, Jesus Christ, who gives us strength when we are weak and brings us comfort in our time of need. Thank you, Lord God, for your incredible sacrifice and your precious gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Renew our spirits. Help us keep our eyes on you today and every day so that our lives may be filled with praise and joy. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.